Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, last year, Crane & Crane and & Escorty was sold to the PIB Group, and over the past few days, the long-established brokerage has undergone another change as it was rebranded as Campion Insurances. Tony Doyle of Campion Insurances joins us now to tell us more. Tony, before we discuss this latest change, I would like to get an insight into your own career in insurance. Hi, Carl. Yes, I suppose uh, I started out in insurance in Stevens Green, putting policy documents in envelopes um, for, for Guardian Royal Exchanges, they were, and now known as AXA. And then I told the sales director that I could do this job that I absolutely wasn't qualified to do. And uh, but he gave it to me and I uh, went in as a regional manager um, initially in Drogheda and then finished off in Cork in, in 89 and uh, moved back to Crane and Crane then in, in 1990. So Crane and Crane was the quintessential family business and you succeeded your father-in-law, Michael Mahan, as the managing director of the brokerage. So what was your plan for the business when you took it over at the time? I suppose Michael, in fairness, had the foresight to see that he needed to change things and, and, and bring in fr- fresh blood. Well, my job uh, was to uh, develop the commercial book and schemes. And I even remember we had a website, Crane and Crane Direct, so that was my responsibility to do that. And, uh, you know, look, thankfully, we were very successful in, in becoming one of the largest brokers within the region. And of course, Tony, your own background had been working for insurance companies. That must have been very beneficial because you had been in and out of many insurance brokerages right across the country for so long. So what did you learn from those brokers that you were able to bring in then to Crane & Crane? Yes, well, I suppose you, you could see the different um, approaches that the different brokers took. Um, a big thing at the time, Carl, was the whole software because I suppose back then, you know, there was a lots of, you know, paper records and, and, you know, there was no great efficiencies. Uh, so I was kind of, I suppose, educated in the software house a bit. And uh, so we were able to implement a new system and it was called Relay at the time. Um, and I suppose we were one of the first brokers um, in the country to um, basically move on to what they call our work centre, which was basically the system they have today. And talk to us about how you went about developing the commercial arm of the business then. I basically followed uh, the approach that Willie Crane and, and Michael would have taken and, and PJ, um, Michael's brother, who was basically uh, get out there and knock doors. And uh, and that's as simple as that. It was just literally getting out there, introducing yourself. And I suppose I had a massive advantage, Carl, because it wasn't that I was just some greenhorn coming out. You were going out with the Crane and Crane badge there since 1945. So it was a huge benefit. You, you know, you weren't selling the company. You were just selling yourself. For any insurance brokerage that has a commercial focus, it's all about relationships, isn't it? Oh, huge. I mean, I, I suppose it was the one thing, you know, when we were going through this due diligence, uh, which was, was great fun. Um, but like they were looking at the retention rates and they just didn't believe them at first. I mean, like we were looking on commercial there, you're looking at 98, 99% retention each month. I mean, we just weren't, you know, we've, we've some fantastic, we've customers, the third generation. Where was the magic sauce in relation to going out and developing and maintaining these relationships? I suppose you have to put yourself in the position that you're working, you're, you're, you're an employee of that company, that you're effectively, you're there to manage their insurance needs and protect them and make sure. And, and as long as you take it personally, and I always took it personally, I suppose, um, that, that's massive. And I think customers see that then. And, and hence, I think you get the loyalty from that. 
over the past number of years we've seen some huge UK insurance brokers entering the Irish market and gobbling up smaller regional brokers across the country. Last year Crane & Crane was acquired by the specialist UK insurance brokerage PIB Group. Were you actively positioning the business as an acquisition target at that time, Tony? No. It's actually quite a funny one because um, Jim Campion, who's a, I, I, I have to deny this later on, but he's a lifetime friend of 25 years, and uh, Jim and I had looked at jointly buying another brokerage um, probably about two months beforehand. And uh, I said I just got a number of approaches and uh, I said it wasn't on the radar at all. So how did it come about? I suppose from from PIB's perspective, um, another good friend of mine in London, Richard Scott, um, has a wholesale business called CityNet who had sold to PIB. And um, I had had a number of approaches from other people. And I remember I rang Richard and he said, look, why don't you talk to the boys that acquired us? He said they were very good and very decent. And uh, basically he set up a phone call and... uh, I said it was during COVID, um, so actually never never got to meet the people until until the deal was done. But um, but it was simple. Uh, I had a number of conversations uh, with Brendan McManus and Ryan Brown, who's the CEO and CFO. And uh, I was at home at the time, and I just went into Olive and I said, Olive, we have to sell to these people. I just had a good I had a good feeling about them. I knew they were decent people, and and it's it's been proven. Why was then the right time to sell, Tony? That's a good question, Carl. Considering I hadn't planned it. I suppose it's the way the business is going. Um, I, I, we were chatting there earlier, and I suppose um, I, I, I gave you a story there where I, I, I sat in the kitchen of a, a very good client and friend of mine, and he, when I was tell him, telling him what was happening, and he said, "Well, why are you like? Why are you doing it? Like Crane and Crane is doing well. What are you like? What's the need for this?" And I said to him, "It's very simple." I said, "I can look at you in the eye now and say I've got you the best deal that's out there, but in." three years time I'll be answering that in a different way by saying it's the best deal I can get you and that's a different answer So does that mean that you would have been limited in terms of the insurers that you would have had access to or would it have meant that you wouldn't have been able to get as competitive rates as the bigger players are bought on Yeah and probably more so the latter Carl that you know they'll, they'll, they'll give preferential rates maybe to, to the bigger players and that's, that's what I was concerned about From a cultural perspective how important was getting somebody to acquire the business to protect the integrity of the organisation and to protect that of your staff as well within it? Yeah, look, it was huge. I suppose I knew from my dealings with Richard in London uh, the way they had operated in the UK with a number of their acquisitions and uh, it just felt a really good fit. And I suppose the only engagement I had with them for about six months were all staff-related. How are the staff? Do they need this? Do they need that? So that was a really good sign early on that... They genuinely care and, you know, they've, they've signed a long-term lease to stay in Enniscorthy and uh, so, you know, this, the, the same people are there and uh, they're all quite happy. So, Tony, am I right in saying that you engaged exclusively with the PIB group and you discounted any other approach that you had? Yeah, I'm trying to remember now. It was all quite fuzzy at the time. I suppose we had had three approaches before PIB and, but I, like once, once I engaged with PIB, I just felt it was the right call. And what changes have they made since they've become part of Crane & Crane? Very little, really, Carol. I mean, it was very much hands-off, light, soft touch. Um, uh, so they let us really carry on the way we always had done. I mean, the business was running well, and, and uh, so they just their attitude was just, you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. So from a growth perspective then, how has becoming part of the PIB group been of benefit to Crane & Crane? Yeah, I suppose 
we'll start to see the benefit of that more so going forward because I suppose there's there's two angles to this. So you have PIB in the UK, so you know um, accessing markets in the additional markets in the UK, and and it's pretty much in the early stage because a lot of the UK uh, underwriters just won't trade in Ireland. Why is that? It's look, it's the claims culture. Um, you know, I, I remember at one stage, maybe about three years ago, I think about 12 underwriters left the market in the space of three months. Um, they just couldn't make money here. And um, so, I, but I suppose now going forward, we have the camping group in Ireland. Um, it's it's um, like there's 12 different offices around the country. Um, you know, there's north of 150 million uh, turnover. Um, so that gives us quite a bit of clout. PIB Group came into the country. Their first acquisition was Crane and Crane and Escorty, and then from there they went on and they bought Jim Campion's business, Campion Insurances, of course, originally from Erlingford, but with a good national presence at this stage. So at that point, then PIB recently made the decision that they're going to use the Campion Insurance brand to represent them in Ireland, which means that Crane and Crane have to change their name and did so on Thursday last to Campion Insurances. How did you feel about that? Oh, Carl, look, I pulled on a lot of heartstrings, I'll be honest. Uh, it probably still is. But I suppose, uh, look, I always go back to um, a conversation I had uh, with my father-in-law and when I was telling him what was happening. And he said, oh, he says, I have to go down and tell Mrs. Crane what's happening. And uh, I said, no. And he wasn't too happy about that. And uh, needless. And now I said, well, now you know how I feel um, telling you what's going on. So he went down to Mrs. Crane, who was 101 at the time. And he said, Mr. Crane, I have some bad news for you. Um, you know, Crane and Crane has been sold to PIB, blah, blah, blah. And Mr. Crane said, why, why would I be upset, Michael? That's progress. So if a 101-year-old can say that, he says it all. That has to be admired. Talk to me about the impact that this rebrand to Campion Insurances will have, if any, on your customers. Other than the sign on the door and headed paper, Carl, there's really no change. I mean, it's the same people. Um, I'm still there. They got The team are still there. Um... And I suppose we have a lot more support um, from being part of a bigger group, um, administratively wise, etc. So I, I don't think people will see any difference. What is your role in the group? And were you tempted at all by the allure of retirement after the sale? I'd be divorced, Carl. No, I didn't give it a minute's <laughs> thought. <laughs> I've been hugely involved. And it's kind of unusually uh, to um, a lot of brokers. You know, the CEO is basically doesn't have a massive amount of engagement with customers. On the other hand, I was quite the opposite because I had, um, and I could do that because we'd 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 we'd, we'd super people inside uh, to run things, that, which allowed me to to um, engage more with customers. So I'm still continuing to look after the customers, everything from someone's car to, to, to ring me up a problem or whatever. And uh, recently, I've. Um, taken up the role of head of personal lines which is basically for the camping group in Ireland um, which is basically motor insurance home insurance travel insurance um, so that's I'm getting stuck into that at the minute So what are your big goals in relation to the personal lines? Yeah the personal lines is always a tricky one because um, I mean it's it's rates on private car insurance you know go up and down and it's always difficult um, so you're, you're trying to it's all about getting deals and um, so obviously look, we're in a growth mode um, uh, it's, it's that, that trajectory is continuing um, and I suppose it's just going to involve a lot more engagement with underwriters and just to make sure that we're getting the best value for our customers. And of course you touched upon it there in terms of rates, insurance is incredibly cyclical, mm. rates go up, rates go down as we know, where are we in the current cycle? 
All right, I'll get out the crystal ball for you now. <clears throat> I, I think it's quite positive, Carl. I think the, the COVID, I mean, t- times, uh, insurers made a lot of money. There was a lot of cars parked up and I know there was some minor discounts given. So I think it. I think the insurance companies are in a good place from a, from a profitability point of view. Uh, now, that goes up and down as well, as you know. But, um, you know, I, I'd be hopeful that, you know, there's, there's so much pressure on people's costs at the moment with, with, with everything that's going on. Um, I don't see any more upward uh, movement on rates in the next 12 months. Now, Tony, of course, you've been in the insurance industry for longer than you care to remember at this stage. But in your opinion, what are the major opportunities and challenges facing the industry over the next five years? Well, how long have we got? Look, I mean, I suppose there's... there's People are a problem. I mean, like getting staff is is a massive problem, um, and it's in every industry. So I'm not. There's nothing new here. There, um, you know, regulation for the smaller broker is is going to become very very difficult. Um, um, to me, I suppose, okay, it, it's it's people. It's it, it is the biggest single biggest problem. And to be fair to the government, they did introduce an insurance apprenticeship some time back. How successful has that been? I think it's been more successful in in centres the likes of say Limerick, Dublin, Cork. Uh, it's not something we saw much of here. Now I suppose from I suppose it's quite insular, but from our own site in, in Enniscorthy, um, we have people that have been there longer than I'm there. So we you know we always were able to get young people and train them up because we had enough experience, and then we 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 brought people up the way we did business. Tony, I'm conscious as well. We've seen a lot of consolidation within the insurance broker market here in Ireland in recent years. Is that a trend that you expect to continue? Yes, it is, Carl. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at Wexford, Waterford, Carlo, Kilkenny, Wicklow, I can't think of off the top of my head now, there may be, but I can't think of one independent broker left, you know, and that's, that's replicated across the country. So I think it will continue. How long? Um, and, you know, there's still quite a number of players, so it's like it's not just PIB that are, you know, expanding. There are quite a number of them expanding, so I think you're going to obviously be left with a lot less brokers, but you'll also have a lot of brokers who'll have a lot more clout when they're dealing with insurance companies. Will we be left with many Irish-owned brokerages in the country in five years' time? In your opinion? No, I don't. I, I you'll, you'll count them on one hand, I believe. And how would you respond to the criticism that such high levels of consolidation is bad for an industry, ultimately making the bigger players bigger and reducing competition? There's still plenty of competition, Carl. I mean, you're probably looking at, I mean, you've got Gallagher's Brown and Brown, PIB, Aston Lark, the Marshes and the Ends and the Willis. Like, there's plenty of competition out there. And finally, Tony, what are your plans for developing and growing Campion Insurances and Anascarty over the next number of years? Yeah, so look at we're very positive. Um, um, City, we've 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 a fantastic crew of people, and I know people can say that lightly, but I'm not. I'm genuinely mean this. Like we've a fantastic crew. Uh, you know, PIB are there for the long term in Anascarty. Our Campions uh, for, uh, does a long term lease there, and uh, you know we've 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 seen some good growth over the last number of years it's continuing and I, I, I'm very positive that it'll continue that way Well if you've just tuned in that was Tony Doyle from Campion Insurances and I'd like to thank Tony for joining us in the studio this morning Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick Southeast Radio